Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. Hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, October the 5th, 2022. And this is episode number 117. Camellia Harris' Field Trip, Part 2. An open checkbook for the clowns in the clown car. Before I go any further, I want to send a very special thank you to the citizens, if I am pronouncing this correctly, in Torquay, England, who were kind enough to download my program. Thank you for the downloads and thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. Now, trying to pick up where I left off previously. I wanted to make it really clear that I am not talking about Camellia's uh, spending habits with our money or any of the other grifters out there with any partisan flavor it is not intended in that manner. <clears throat> Doesn't matter if you have a D or an R, there's plenty of grifting going on. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Okay? All right. Now, what can I possibly say without starting to laugh again? Because I wanted to I wanted to make this a bit more serious. And not so much focusing on Harris, who as far as I'm concerned is just a number another um passenger in the clown car um but how this is so uh, endemic within the system let's say um because you know we've gotten to the point and i know some of you may be thinking oh 
Well, thank you, Ernest. Thank you, Captain Obvious, about this unchecked uh, thievery. But then again, some of you may not be aware. So that's why I'm here to talk about it a little bit more. The thing is, what has to be understood, and I think even perhaps visualized, is that these people that are constantly telling us and putting it um, in terms of, oh, well, yes, with very a very serious face and in that this is a a diplomatic mission and there are people off to the side who if not visibly are actually laughing internally because this is just a junket and that's it <laughs> this is a nothing more than a junket on the american taxpayers dime so if you sweep all the rhetoric and basically bullshit out of the way um unless it's under absolutely uh, life-threatening and serious circumstances and i mean it pretty it it better be pretty damn serious um these people need to be grounded and if you don't if you don't do this well they'll just keep on doing what they do and we all know what they do best and that is steal our money because the thing is if you have say a boat and you're on the water and you're bailing and bailing, but you're losing the battle and the boat is sinking, well, you better start, you know, if you have the means, you better start plugging some holes. And, uh, or otherwise, well, it's going to sink and you're going to be in trouble. And so um, that's what these extraneous financial... Um, holes if you want to call them that are doing to us and so no i mean if if you look if you look at the entire uh gamut the entire field of the theft then anything taken like that can really seem overwhelming but on the other hand if you find a way uh, to systematically stop it, you can apply the same methodology across the board. It'll take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. But folks, we have to do it for a whole magnitude of reasons. Not to mention the fact that while all of this thievery is taking place, um, you know, we're having hundreds of thousands, millions of people 
that are in very, very deep financial straits. And that doesn't even include all the homeless that are growing exponentially by the day. Unless you live in a very upscale um, area, you see them everywhere. Now they're everywhere. Bridges, overpasses, street corners. That's a hell of a lot of people, folks. And from so many different points of view, you know, sociologically speaking, you can people can point fingers in, in different directions. <clears throat> but I feel, very simply put, this is uh, occurring as it is because there's no money. There's no money because everything has been begged, borrowed, and stolen for the uh, military-industrial complex and all of the sub-companies and all the tech giants, everything but that. And we can't, as far as the economy is concerned, and this has been demonstrated throughout history repeatedly. And I know, and some of you will argue this point, because once again, in terms of economics, and I'm not claiming to be an economics uh, professor, but what I do know is that through recorded history, in America in particularly, these boom and bust cycles are not only historically evident, but they are predictable and they are inevitable. And a great deal of it comes from good old-fashioned, everyday greed. And the people who are at the top of the socioeconomic scale and in this case, I'm going to limit it. I want to limit what I want to say to the people in Washington. Not so much individual citizens. And I say this because while it's true that, yes, many of those folks benefit from the policies that are handed down from Washington, such as, you know, tax breaks and, and businesses that, well, actually haven't essentially paid any taxes for years and nothing despite all their pronouncements. Well, it's going to trickle down. No, shit doesn't trickle down. It trickles into their pockets. That's where the trickling stops. I know that, and I think a lot of you know that. So that bullshit isn't working anymore. And they get nervous because you've got to get you folks, you've got to get these masses of people, um, you know, as though you were talking to or dealing with a child. You have to get them distracted. And so hence the whole thing with 
Putin in Ukraine. And if it wasn't Putin, it would be somebody else. Pick your boogie. Anything. It's just like, you know, like a, a very young child. You say, and they're 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 arguing or they're they're upset and you have to do something to start. Oh, look, look. Oh, look at this pretty shiny thing. And they look up and uh, uh, yeah, look at the pretty shiny thing. And just for a little, that'll stop them from, from crying. And well, that's, that's us. Or at least that's many of us. And so a, an entire part of this whole thing is distraction. And there, <clears throat> there are in place many, many, um, machinations that bring this about but it's all ultimately for the same reason it comes down to bread and circuses that's something that we learned from the romans and uh, apparently for at least for a while it, it worked for them and it's worked here i mean um you you gotta you have to give the the designers of this you have to give them credit for just figuring all this out and it's basically it's a combination of learning it's the psychology of learning um, human behavior and it is applying that which you've learned about human nature that allows. Uh, powerful people and or governments to slowly without hopefully without beating them because they don't want to you know if they can avoid it they don't want to they don't want to call out the guns they don't want want to beat them because that sets the herd crazy and they don't want that they want uh submission and okay this one might be a little bit upset but yeah you can get them and kind of corral them and get them going in general. And then once you get them in the corrals, then you close the corral. And whew, you go, that was close. And uh, then you can go back to your stealing. And that is basically what is going on. So what I wish and what actually is, the same thing you could say for all of us is I wish this were not so, but it is. And so we have to, um, we have to change this thing ourselves. And that in turn requires giving a damn and actual participation. Now, I mean, for instance, if you um, if you had, I don't know, say a cruise ship and everybody was having a great time, but the captain was drunk and delirious and much of the crew, if not all the crew, were also drunk and delirious. And most importantly, the guy with the hands on the rudder, he was also drunk. So the crew's drunk and here's the ship moving right along and it's headed right for the rocks now hopefully 
there's going to be one or more, several, however many people that can see this, and they may or may not have experience with the ship. But at least they can see it. And at least they could see, for instance, that the crew's intoxicated and just laughing and giggling and having because they're drunk. And essentially, that's what we have. Because they are drunk. They're drunk besides being, well, perhaps literally drunk. But besides that, I mean, they are drunk with power. They're drunk with greed and they are drunk with power and they're just having such a good time that um, they're out of it and they don't give a damn they're they're out of it so that's where we have to step in and make some changes and so i talked about when i was talking about this before i said i'd be a bit more serious Although, as far as some of these things are concerned, I still want to laugh. Thankfully, if I laugh, it's not a Camellia Harris cackle. <clears throat> so, at least you get spared that, okay? <laughs> okay. But I was thinking about putting in place... And this is something that is done through the media. Um, whereas we have a spending budget accountability. Now, in this case, I'm not talking about producing this as a bill to put through, you know, the Senate or Congress or what have you, as to push it through because... Well, you pretty much know. I mean, as far as grift and thieves are concerned, they're not going to want to have any part of that. No matter what they say, they don't want any part of it. The party has to go on as far as they're, you know, damn everything else, but this party's going on. That's what they're there for, to uh, appease their corporate masters with never-ending and always expanding profits. But as far as anything else is concerned, well, that's just a, a chuckle. And let's throw some more smoke and mirrors. Oh, yeah, let's kick out the, the dog and pony show circus and let's distract them with shiny things. I don't know if anything got, I guess, too weird or completely out of hand. If there was any, say, for instance, uh, any de real demand for real accountability, you'd find somehow they would work out a way that they say, OK, if you just go away and you and you shut up, everybody gets, a, you know, a free Xbox or something that'll pacify them. And that's why, for instance, as in our lives and the way everything is breaking down. And it's not just in America, it's across the world. Europe is a good example. I was listening to a broadcast from Austria. And um, something that they had 
been allowed to do for forever um if at their choice if they're choosing um was to collect firewood in the winter they could freely you know go out into the wilderness the hinterland and uh you know if they wanted to collect some wood for the winter if they have wood burning stoves or what have you they're free to do so not now they've shut that down there's a number of they can go to the parks they can you know take their dog there's a whole number of things that they did do that they still can do but they're not allowing them to have any wood now why is that you're asking because with the scarcity that they are predicting and they are predicting who knows but they're predicting a very long hard winter this year and uh if they did that that would interfere with the companies that sell the firewood and so apparently you know once again american style uh the people with these companies got together with you know the big wigs in the government and you know their buddies and uh again of course i'm talking corruption but uh just like everything every other natural thing out there um they're coming up with any excuse anything to keep people from having any sort of resources unless it's certified and okay through distribution networks in the government as in for instance i don't know about every state in the union in america but in many of those um it's illegal to uh, capture rainwater and i don't know about you but there is something again a million excuses oh it's it's toxic it's this it's that and um there have been tests that have been done and actually um no it's not and many people depending on the region that you live in need to rely on that as you know they have huge storage tanks they know what they're doing they live there they know how to clean it or purify it but they say no you can't collect on your land you can't collect rainwater and the same thing as i said with collecting you know firewood in germany so there needs to be an accountability in the public sector and it needs to be put across at every meeting that is public so that means at every opportunity they have to be confronted when i say they i mean senators congressmen all the big wigs or big wigs of industry same thing and they have to be asked the direct questions directly and very concisely and this is especially especially important during an election year 
so for instance you could ask them a direct question about um i don't know the collection let's say of rainwater should citizens what's your position on that and then if they say oh i think it's perfectly fine and yes i support that yeah they can they can collect that then you hold them to it because if you elect them and this doesn't matter what subject it could be anything from the ability to collect you know firewood or or what have you but when they backpedal or that's because as most of us know and i think that you would probably agree with me on this at least that their politicians word typically what it's come down to is it's worth the truth about 30 seconds because they move with the political winds and so what they say it doesn't count for much it really doesn't so but it does count as far as voting and i'm talking about going from the local level and that's perhaps the most important on the local level is that we develop this process whereby uh, a government person, no matter how small, um, their feet are held to the fire over this. And it is, I mean, not just one little person that raises their hand, mentions it once, and then it's off the radar screen, but if one person jumps on this, then they call out another name or a person raises their hand and they keep talking about the same thing. It doesn't go away. Because, you know, if the only constituents that a representative has to worry about are, well, a bunch of rich folks, and corporate lobbyists, well, you know, they're really not worried about what you and I think. And so that's what I mean. The thievery continues. And another way, in addition to that, to relentlessly holding their feet to the fire, is every single time they fail, stop voting them in. That's it. That's pretty straightforward. And if you really want to make a mark... And you can change this on the local level. Just ask for a direct vote. If it's something concerning, no matter how small, because that's where it, that's where it starts. That is the real meaning, the true meaning of change taking place at the grassroots level. And you ask for a direct vote and that is what is meant by de direct democracy. That's the idea behind it. That's the way it works, and that's the way it goes. Now, if you start doing that, and you start seeing change, real change, and if you start seeing, no matter how, how small but it is consistent change and you keep, you know, nibbling at the heel. And, and if, but if you keep doing that, 
you will see in you know six or eight months you will see significant change but these things take time and they take participation but if you think about it on the other hand and you say oh you know just to keep this up you know how could i do that well it's it's not actually that difficult it's also not that difficult when you consider that what are your options because as the old saying says you know the the first step in a thousand miles you know is the first step because your options you don't have you know if you're for instance to use the boat analogy again if you're in a boat and the boat's going down well you either keep pace you either bail or it sinks i'm trying to kick out ideas for you to kick around uh so that we don't even have to be bailing we're not even not even wasting our time doing that that we can move forward and the thing is the point of this i know that out there that there are many of you that are eminently far more qualified than myself of how to actually put this together i'm I'm the one that wants to get entire balls rolling with a push. And so initially I can maybe, you know, kick some ideas out here, but I fully realize that it's you guys out there who are listening that you could say, Hey, you know, I could spend, I could take an hour or maybe two hours a week to uh, develop this program, to develop this plan of action and get other like-minded people together to start this. I know that. So that's why I kicked this out. I know, I know that that is, I feel very strongly that that is beyond um, my capacity as far as, you know, organizational skills are concerned, that certainly is not, <laughs> you're talking about organizational skills, you should see my office. <laughs> but there are, there are tons of you that are far better equipped than I. And I know that if you're at least, you know, getting the gist of what I'm saying, not only could this be put together, but it can be acted upon. It can be presented. Because there's not going to be any money to spend on what really needs to be done without it. And... That's what I feel that really needs to be done. In short, we need to stop. We need to take away that open checkbook from the clowns 
in the clown car. That would go, I feel, a really long way of um, getting something going. But you got to, you know, you got to start somewhere. So let's take away the checkbook from the clowns in the clown car. And let's see where we can go from there. For the time being, I would just let you know that I'm going to diverge into something completely and totally different on Friday. So it would be really great if you would consider, consider tuning in uh, on Friday. And uh, I've got like three different things I'm working on. And I like Fridays to be a bit different. And um, so, yeah, it'll be at least interesting to say so. And um, so until then, all I can say is that's it. Before I wrap things up, I just wanted to give you this little message about the contest. When you go to my website at theearnestmanshow.com and go on the comment section, you can actually leave a comment about anything you want whatsoever. After all, this show is not about me, it's about you. And I really want to know what it is you want to talk about. So please, fill something out, let me know exactly what you want to talk about, and that is exactly what we will talk about. Other than that, all I can say is, I hope you had a good day today, and I hope we all have a better day tomorrow. Take care.